2: This is my grands, aka Poker and Politics, and welcome to the first episode of the Who Killed JFK? It was Lee Harvey Oswald. It was Oswald podcast. Uh, this is a response podcast to the Soledad O'Brien and Rob Reiner podcast. Quote, Who Killed JFK? We're answering it for them. We're going to tell them who did it because it was Oswald. And my, my guest on this magical adventure is Arizona Right Watch, aka Haley.
1: It's me it's me i'm i'm here um i'm i'm not an expert i'm very similar to rob reiner and soledad o'brien in this situation in the fact that i'm actually not an expert on the jfk assassination and don't pretend to be
2: (laughs) the thing is is that like i think the idea of being a quote-unquote expert in this is weird because it's mostly just reading the same books doing the same research and Rob Reiner, basically, in his like explanation for why he was an expert is mostly, I went to Daily Plaza and I've talked to some people. And that was really about it. I How mean, dare you?
1: He also listened to a comedian.
2: Oh, yes. Um, we'll get into Rob Reiner's crippling pildom <laughs> in, in a little bit, yes. But Rob Reiner basically said that uh, he has been looking at this for a long time, and that makes him an expert. And Solidad O'Brien basically explains this podcast as being one day Rob Reiner just called her up and said, "Hey, I want to talk about the Kennedy assassination. Let's do a pod." And she was like, "I'm in. Say no more. You, you, this sounds like the greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire life." And it sounds she, like you're an expert. It sounds like you're an expert. <laughs> how could how could I not believe you when it comes to what happened with JFK? I, have, I I'm in. I mean, yesterday. I'm in yesterday. I'm so bought into this. So Soledad O'Brien lends her journalistic credibility to this thing. And she even states at one point that she's like, I'm a journalist, but here Rob is the expert. So I'm going to let him take the wheel. Now I will push
1: back when I need to. And that's like the last time you hear from her. She's It's kind of like disappears she disappears after that she stops talking to that she stops asking questions she's just like go ahead rob
2: yeah just 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 go rob the floor <laughs> is yours i'm i'm my journalism is completed now i've established your bona fides as an expert in the kennedy assassination at one point she does bring up the fact that uh her mother had to flee cuba due to castro's revolution but really that's about it she's really hands off on this whole thing she's basically just sort of like the kennedy assassination's wild and now here's rob reiner and his expertise in the kennedy assassination is that he's famous he's old and he so he was a teenager when kennedy got murdered and he went to daily plaza and talked to some people and that's about it
1: so, rob, so like you remember throw mama from a train this <laughs> makes him an expert <laughs> He did Spinal Tap. Oh, my God. You guys like Sleepless in Seattle, right? That makes you a JFK expert. Right.
2: And and the thing is, is that, again, I really think that me and Rob probably have the same level of knowledge about this (laughs) stuff, really. I don't... like Because I did the same thing he did. I got pilled. I went deep into this rabbit hole. I bought into it. I... Didn't have Mort Saul doing a set after my set mm-hmm. at a comedy club, and I didn't walk in on Mort, Mort Saul screaming about the CIA murdering Kennedy.
1: Just ruining but, his career.
2: And ruining <laughs> his career. And right before this, we looked up Mort Saul, and it was basically just like Mort Saul wouldn't shut up about the Kennedy assassination, so people would just stop booking him because he, he wouldn't went broke. Be- yeah, he basically went broke, and it, the, the gist of it was that he would just not do his set. He would just go on stage and be like, hey, everybody, how's it doing? By the way, the CIA killed Kennedy, and the Warren Commission. It's a bunch of lies. So, uh, anyways, uh, I just flew in, and boy, are my alarms tired. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Oswald didn't do it. <laughs> it was just this thing. <laughs> and apparently, after one of his comedic outings, Rob Reiner walked in, saw Mort Saul do this, and then was just like, oh, man, that guy's right. He's right about everything. I, the, the Warren commission's all lies, and just that was it. just, just Rob was just uh, 19 year old Rob Reiner hopelessly pilled and that and he just he's just carried that Pildom inside him for the rest of his life. whereas 19 year old Mike Raines was hopelessly pilled, and then one day I just sort of said, "You know, this is dumb. This is just dumb. Uh, I've run up the grass you a thousand times, and I've never seen a shooter. I'm starting to ask some questions. I'm starting to think that maybe I was wrong. And that's kind of the difference between me and Rob Reiner was that he never got off the train and I did. And that's really it. Um, And again, I was going to, I was going to hate listen to this podcast series. Well, I originally I was going to listen to it. And then after the first episode, I realized what it was. I started to hate listening to it. And then I was just going to be like, you know, maybe I'll throw this into the pod. Maybe I'll just like say some things, make some jokes, maybe make Elle and Haley roll her eyes at me. But then Soledad O'Brien was just kept posting on Twitter about how this is the hottest podcast in America. Everyone's listening to it. Uh, It's like the top three podcasts right now going. There's a podcast I don't even know the name of that I don't care about. But the the Kelsey Brothers podcast is number two. So it's like the power of the Swifties and the NFL is barely holding back Kennedy murder from second place. So I, I, I just got to a point where I'm like, Everybody's talking about this. Apparently, a lot of people are listening to this. There needs to be a rebuttal. And my tiny little soapbox will be an attempt at that rebuttal. I am going to do what pushback I can. And for the point oh 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 one percent of people that listen to them in Listen to Me, you're actually going to hear the other side of this thing, which I think is important because Rob Reiner, in one of the biggest lies ever told, was just as I'm going to put all the facts out there for the people to hear it. And no, Rob, you're not. You're not listing all the facts. You're just listing the conspiracy bias view of this thing. So,
1: yeah. The media has told me he solved it. All right. <laughs> yes. That,
2: yeah, there's a bunch of uh, media <laughs> hype about that. Rob Reiner is going to name
1: the people who killed Kennedy in this series, which like, I can't 60 wait. 60 years since the assassination. Now Rob Reiner has solved it. Like, did God. he though? Did he? Did he do that?
2: Oh, he <laughs> totally locked it down. Totally solved it. so he decides to do this thing where he's like, we're going to start at the end of the story, which it's not the end of the story. He's like, we're going to start at the end of the story, which is when Ruby killed Oswald. And I'm like, I think the end of the story is kind of more along the House Select Committee on Assassinations or the Warren Commission or any of the previous. Like, the story doesn't end of the Kennedy assassination. It's an ongoing story. It's never ending because people like you are making podcasts about
1: it. You see the I mean the JFK cult people are at Dealey Plaza da, t- t- yesterday or today. It, yeah, yesterday. yesterday. You know? yeah, like
2: 48 people are still hanging out in Dealey Plaza. It, it, this is this is it's American history. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's forever. Yeah. So Rob is has d- did this thing and he opens it by saying that we're starting at the end which is the shooting of Lee Harvey Oswald by Jack Ruby. And What's weird is that he just sort of gives a very superficial view of what happened, but he basically makes that enough. And the gist of it is he's like, uh, Jack Ruby was mobbed up and he killed Oswald because his mob overlords gave him the edict to silence Oswald and... He he had, he might be digging into that later more later on in the pod because I listened to the first two episodes and I decided to do this episodically, the review of it. And thank God I listened to episode two, because if I listened to episode one only, this pod we're doing right now would be two hours long. And then when I listened to episode two, I'd be like, everything I wanted to say about episode two was covered in my review of episode one. So episode two is going to be like sort of like, Rob's just lying more. Catch you all later. Bye. <laughs> I mean, it would have been a very, a very unappealing episode two to this pod, but basically, what happens is he just says that Oswald was murdered by Ruby because Ruby was mobbed up, and his claim that he did it to spare Jackie Kennedy the pain of having to come to Dallas for the trial of Oswald was a lie. And he then brings up the fact that Oswald said, "quote I'm just a patsy," which he's like. That's proof that Oswald was going to rat out the people who did him wrong at the trial. And it's like, Rob, um, Lee Harvey Oswald is in front of a live microphone addressing the nation. He could burn the people that had set him up right then, right there. He didn't have to wait for the trial. Like the w- w- reporter sticks a microphone in his mouth. It's like, Mr. Oswald, what do you have to say? And he'd be like, my case agent's name is Bob Smith. He works at the CIA office in New Orleans. He put me up to this uh, J- Jim Brown he's another CIA operative he, he was he got me the money for the gun I mean, uh, this lady Stacy she got me the job at the book depository I mean, Oswald could have started burning people the moment they put a mic in his in front of him he didn't have to wait for the trial to start burning people which this brings me to my you big- such
1: an honorable not you such an honorable, yes. guy. He's an he's honorable, an honorable guy. guy
2: Oswald's like I will say everything I need to say at trial. Uh, I'll people- wait until
1: I put my hand to God and testify before the Lord before <laughs> I snitch.
2: yes <laughs> <laughs> I will not snitch until I take the witness stand. This makes it incredibly convenient for the people who wish to kill me before I stay in trial. However, this is my oath this is these are my ethics. I will abide by them.' It's got a really are- strict
1: line. <laughs> yep
2: lee harvey oswald the ned stark of assassins a man of a moral code so strong that he is just gonna ride that thing out no matter what happens to him just oh honorable
1: lee
2: truly (laughs) the greatest of all of of all presidential assassins because john wilkes booth total scumbag he would have ratted you out in a heartbeat that guy that guy sucked leon cholgos terrible human being And I'm not even going to name the guy who killed Garfield because that guy just wanted fame and screw him. He ain't getting no fame from me because no one knows his name. So, uh, but anyways, so the idea that the CIA or the people that were involved in this shooting wouldn't have just killed Oswald on site to make sure he didn't snitch is ridiculous. The Dallas police, when they arrested Oswald, the cops said that Oswald drew on them, that Oswald was literally reaching for his gun as they were subduing him in the Texas theater. And it's like, and I don't know about you, but nowadays police, if someone draws on them, that that person's dead. They They just kill you if you try to draw on them. So the Dallas police showed unremarkable restraint in subduing the presidential assassin that tried to draw a gun on them. So we have that. And oh, yeah, I saw that O'Brien also brings up that the, the two, both of them are very stringent about the fact that Oswald was quote unquote suspected of killing the president. It's uh, me and Haley brought this up uh, about our trip to Dealey Plaza about how people ag- aggressively have scratched the granite around the word allegedly on the sign on the Texas School Book Depository. It was says, Reiner himself. Yeah, Rob Reiner. Rob <laughs> Reiner himself got out his pocket knife, and put in a few scratches on that thing, and he's just like, allegedly, allegedly, Mort Saul told me this was a pack of lies. And Mr. Reiner, Mr. Reiner, please calm down. Please, please calm stop down.
1: defacing the property, stop sir. Property,
2: Mr. Reiner. Like, <laughs> we know, know you just,
1: made misery, and it was good, but chill out. <laughs> <laughs> that, just,
2: that just reminded me of I. That was a thing that. Uh, uh, that was a quote from like uh, garbage's during garbage's first album tour. Like at one point they, they started like defacing a wall. They were just like writing crap on it. And, and, the, the people at the bar gave them more beer as they were scribbling whatever gibbered and that was like Shirley's reaction was oh wow when you're famous instead of getting arrested for graffiti you get more beer this is being famous is awesome you get to deface people's like, uh, the walls of people's bars and they like, gave
1: Rob a shi- sharper knife yeah
2: they just they, <laughs> like, Mr. Reiner the exacto knife you're using on the mural is not sharp enough please take this one we've sharpened it far better it will cut into the, into the grand around the world allegedly far swifter. (laughs) This is, (laughs) we are here for you, Mr. Reiner. We will do whatever we can to make you happy. He said, yeah. So the fact that the conspiracy let Oswald live to the point where he could get in front of a live microphone is kind of a bad spot for the the conspiracy. I think they would have killed him quicker to make sure he didn't talk. But again, as we've already stated, he had the Ned Stark loyalty oath and was just going to wait till the trial before he ratted anybody out. So Ruby kills him. Now, again, Rob Reiner just says to us, Ruby was mobbed up and Ruby killed him. And that's all there was to it. The actual story about what happened is Oswald was supposed to be transferred at 11 uh, that morning. He the, His transfer was delayed because he gets shot at 1121. And this is important because Ruby wakes up that morning And he gets a phone call from one of uh, his employees that one of his dancers at his nightclub needs some money. So Ruby uh, gets into his car with his gun and some money. And Ruby goes to a Western Union and wires that uh, dancer $25. And the employee at the Western Union uh, testified before the Warren Commission that Jack Ruby was his customer. And the Western Union, um, the bill of receipt is timestamped. And the timestamp for that receipt was at 1117. So basically, Ruby walks out of that Western Union and then decides to walk over to the Dallas Police Department. And then he sneaks his way in and he ends up shooting Oswald four minutes later. If the transfer of Oswald had went off when scheduled, Ruby wouldn't have been there. He would have missed it by over 15 minutes but the schedule was it was delayed and that's the only way ruby was able to get in there now i know the conspiracy theorists are like oh they were waiting for ruby the whole time <laughs> and actually one of the people that delayed this was not the conspiracy it wasn't the cabal one of the people that delayed the transfer of oswald was oswald because oswald had been wearing the same ratty t-shirt that he that he been he was arrested in and Oswald requested a change of clothes and he actually got that change of clothes, which is why you see him wearing a black sweater when he got shot by Ruby. So it is very possible that if Oswald had not requested that change of clothes, Ruby wouldn't have made it there in time to kill him before he was transferred to the jail to await to his trial. So this whole idea that the whole thing was massively set up and orchestrated so that Ruby could get to Oswald is ridiculous, because the conspiracy, the Illuminati are sitting there going, where's Ruby? What's going on? What's going on? And someone's like, buddy, he had to to bail out one of his girls. He needed the Western Union, one of his girls, 25 bucks. And they're like, damn it! Tell him to hurry up! Oswald's about to walk out the hallway! So, this was a very spur-of-the-moment, very much off-the-cuff event, where Ruby literally just had happened to see the crowd still waiting for oswald happened to walk into it and then was able to find his way to the front of the crowd and shot oswald and if you want to say that he was mobbed up and did it under mob orders well he he was really lucky because he should not have been there it should not have uh, he should have missed it and he would have had to try again later so the actual story around his shooting of oswald is what i told you it's not rob reiner randomly just saying that Oswald was mobbed up. I mean, Ruby was mobbed up, and that's all there is to it. And now the other side of the equation is Lee Harvey Oswald, which through two episodes, Oswald is almost not even part of the story at this point. I mean, he's kind of there as the guy that allegedly did it, but Reiner and Soledad aren't really talking about him. And he even brings up, I talked to the guy that drove Oswald to work. Now, if he actually wanted to tell us the story about Oswald and about the guy that drove him to work, what Rob Reiner would have to tell us is that Oswald got this job in early October. So Oswald had a routine, and that routine was that he would work Monday through Friday, and then and he lived at a boarding house near the the Texas School Book Depository. And on Fridays, the guy that would drive him to work would drive him to where his wife lived. And he'd spend the weekend with his wife, who he was estranged from. And then on Monday, this buddy would pick him up, drive him back to the board, drive him back to work. And then he'd go back living in the boarding house for the week. And that was Oswald's routine for like the six odd weeks he worked at the Texas School Book Depository before the assassination. Kennedy is going to arrive on Friday. He's going to be in Dallas on Friday. Thursday, Oswald goes up to his driving buddy and says, hey, buddy, I need a ride to my wife's place today. And he's like, and his buddy's like, well, usually you go there on Friday. And Lee's like, yeah, I'm picking up some curtain rods for my boarding house. So I need to go get the curtain rods uh, from the, uh, from there. And his buddy's like, okay, whatever. So Lee shows up with a package under his arm Friday morning, drops it in the back seat of the car. And the guy's like, hey, what's the package? And Lee's like, the curtain rods I told you about before.
1: It's a rifle-shaped curtain (laughs) rod.
2: (laughs) a rifle-shaped package. It's one of those
1: novelty curtain rods it's just yeah. like a rifle you know
2: <laughs> yeah exactly so um now i will say because unlike rob reiner i'll tell both sides of the story the driver guy uh claims that he doesn't think it was a gun and he also alleges that oswald carried the package into the school book depository where one part of the package was under his armpit and Oswald's hand was on the bottom of it. So it was like tight to his body that way. And if that was the way the package was carried, um, the people who've done the research would say the gun couldn't have fit in that, that way. But uh, again, what we do know is that Oswald mysteriously broke his pattern of how he got to and from work that week. And that Friday morning, he shows up to work with a package that could very easily have held a gun in it. It, I mean, this, this whole conspiracy falls apart. If, if Oswald walks into work that day, empty handed, if Oswald just shows up to work the way he did every other day without a mysterious package in his possession, guess what? He's innocent. We can't pin the murder of the president on him. He just happens to win the, the negative lottery and is carrying a rifle-sized package into work that day. So unlucky. What a tough break for Old Lee. So... He had the receipt. He,
1: he had the receipts. It's <laughs> like...
2: <laughs> One pack of curtain rods. Yeah. <laughs> parentheses, not a rifle. <laughs> And so, and this is the thing is that you have that and you also have um, the three witnesses that were on the fifth floor who heard the shots being fired over their heads from the sixth floor. There's even a photo of them like looking out the fifth floor window being like, yo, someone was above us. They were shooting. And you have two eyewitnesses that were outside the Texas School Book Depository who saw somebody firing from the sniper's nest as it's like
1: oh, you see that guy? He just killed that guy you see that there's a guy in that window he just, <laughs> I just killed kill that guy
2: <laughs> the guy in the window he just killed the president ain't that ain't that crazy holy smokes uh so this is the thing is that we'll see where their podcast goes with actually presenting evidence down the line because so much of this episode is mostly about um, cementing uh, Reiner's bona fides as an expert and just uh, him planting seeds for where the podcast series is going to go. It's mostly fun- funky spy music. And there's a lot of funky spy music in it. There's it you a can lot tell of-
1: Rob's having fun. He's well, like, I want to play detective. Put on the <laughs> L.A. noir music. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes, that is all happening. It's <laughs> very much a big part of the of the series. And and and, th- and there's a lot of hinting at what's going on here, which is very funny to me because you would think that if you were telling a, a story and you were doing a podcast, you would just try to get the story out, you would just tell the story. But it feels very much that like Soledad and Reiner were mapping out this thing and they came to the conclusion it should be a 10 episode series. And they were just sort of at this point where they were like, you know, I don't know if we're going to get 10 episodes. So we need to like pad the runtime on episode one here. Episode one needs to be more of a groundwork establishing uh, um, pod to build for the later episodes because Episode two is very aggressively the CIA killed Kennedy because Kennedy was the peace president. And episode one's just hinting at that. It's just building up the narrative that Reiner's gonna tell us in episode two, which is Mort that
1: Mort Saul was the was the hint.
2: Oh yeah. Mor- yeah. <laughs> Mort Saul broke this man. Just <laughs> it's the funniest thing. It's it's so weird that all these stories begin in a really odd place. And not to compare Rob Reiner to Mike Smith, the guy who did Out of Shadows and is totally hopelessly pilled and needs a lot of help. But in Out of Shadows, Mike Smith is is sitting there and he's saying, yeah, I suffered this crippling injury. And when I was being treated by a doctor, my doctor pilled me and now I'm nuts. And in this series, Rob Reiner's just like, yeah, I listened to Mort Saul, and now the government killed Kennedy, and it's just
1: and someone who helped on the L G LBJ movie, right? That was part of it.
2: Well, yeah, no, he Rob directed LBJ, yeah, which was a very it, LBJ is a good movie, but it's just <laughs> a movie that got no runtime, no one saw it, H because it's it came out I think around the same time as HBO's version of the movie was, which was all the way. And Bryan Cranston was, and uh there was a stage production of All the Way. It was a, it was like a theater, uh, it was a Broadway show. And Brian Cranston played LBJ in the theater production. And then they just turned the theater production into an actual movie with Brian Cranston. And he was coming off Breaking Bad. He was the new hotness in Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, Woody Harrelson's fine, but I just feel like People didn't know they wanted Woody Harrelson to be Lyndon Johnson, whereas everyone was like, oh, my God, Brian Cranston just killed it as LBJ on on Broadway. So, like, the LBJ movie was just kind of overshadowed because people were really looking forward to seeing Cranston do his theater LBJ in an actual movie. But it was fine. It was a fine movie. And it's really funny to me that, like, Reiner did a movie where it's just straight Oswald killed Kennedy lbj takes the reins of the presidency and works to enact uh kennedy's agenda and is is a good person meanwhile reiner in the back of his head is like that no good bastard he <laughs> he he killed kennedy to take the presidency and do, do the cia's bidding and get us into vietnam and it's like oh my god really really buddy oh man like rob, rob no rob <laughs> pull up pull up don't be billed but yeah it's really it's really funny that way so you've got this movie or you got this podcast series where they're going really slow with it and there's they're really they're really laying the groundwork for you and what's really funny is while they're doing all of this they just they made one egregious error which was super funny to me soledad uh o'brien states that jfk was our youngest president which he wasn't this is like this is like seventh grade history stuff
0: hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news
2: Theodore Roosevelt was our youngest president at 42 years of age. Uh, Kennedy was 43. The record that Kennedy holds is the youngest elected president because Roosevelt got in via the assassination of McKinley. Kennedy actually won an election at, at a young age. Another really weird thing that Reiner brings up in the series was the big question on the campaign trail was, could JFK with his youth stand up to Nixon? And bah, bah, bah. and it was like, buddy, Nixon was 45 at the time of the campaign. Nixon and Kennedy were incredibly young men running for president. I saw a broadcast of um, the live 1960s election results. And the anchorman was talking about how a lot of people view the president of the United States as a sort of father figure but that tonight the winner and the new and the president elect is going to be more like a brother to a lot of men in America because it's going to be a dude in his early to mid 40s. It's not going to be an old guy because FDR was old. Truman was kind of old. Eisenhower was old and constantly having heart attacks while president. And then you had this Kennedy versus Nixon election and they were both young. I mean, I feel like Reiner was misspeaking, and he meant to say that in his youth, could Kennedy stand up to Khrushchev? But that was kind of the question about both Kennedy and Nixon. They were both super young to be running for president at that time. I think Nixon would have set the record, too. I'm not sure, but because I know Clinton, I mean, Clinton got close to Kennedy's record for youngest elected, but we just weren't electing presidents in their 40s back then. It was, it was an old man's job back then.
1: So, Something that's definitely changed.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh! I, I, I am going to enjoy punching so many walls over the next 12 months because I have to listen to our media being like, oh man, old man Biden, I don't know if he's up to it. Meanwhile, Donald Trump's got a, was using a walker, is like slurring his words, screaming about President Obama, and it's like... You're worried about Biden when Grandpa Q and Han can't even speak.
1: The collective age of two of them is like 300. Like, come on, let's be real.
2: It's Methuselah. <laughs>
1: it's just like two old guys.
2: They're really old. <laughs> I, I just love these people who are like, there's no way an 80-year-old man should be running America. It's like, guess what? If you elect Trump, we'll have an 80-year-old man running America in two years. <laughs> you know what? I, I'll only accept an 80-year-old man running America for two years. Four years is unacceptable. <laughs>
1: like, both of these people are older than my grandparents. Like Yes. That's so all. They're both old.
2: They're both old. They're both very old. Calm down, people. Calm down. It's team old running for president. That's it. Just,
1: Dude, that anyways. should be our shirt. It's team old.
2: Yes. Hashtag team <laughs> old. So, so that thing about Kennedy being youngest president ever was annoying. Rob Reiner then brings up the uh, quote because uh, he basically he absolved Kennedy for the Bay of Pigs very quickly. He's like, look, now Kennedy got a bum hand from Eisenhower who like set up the Bay of Pigs and scooted from office. The CIA just hit Kennedy with this thing out of the blue. Kennedy was just a wet behind the ears novice who didn't know any better. He okayed it. It didn't work out. So Reiner just blames the CIA entirely for the Bay of Pigs. And he then states the quote that Kennedy said he was going to splinter the CIA to a thousand pieces and scatter it to the winds. And this is a dubiously sourced quote, because uh, the first time the quote was ever published was in 1966, three years after Kennedy's assassination, and it was sourced by one anonymous person talking to a reporter from the New York Times. So this quote, which conspiracy theorists love to use to show that Kennedy and the CIA were at each other's throats and it was very obvious that the CIA had motive to kill Kennedy. It's not a quote that was actually like used in Kennedy's lifetime. And we, again, only have one anonymous source that ever like claimed Kennedy said it. So if Rob Reiner was quote unquote, telling us all the facts, he would have been a bit more, uh, honest about where that came from and he, but he wasn't because again it's a great quote conspiracy theorists love it because it's it paints the picture they want painted and you can totally see where Kennedy would have been mad about the assassin about the uh, Bay of Pigs and how it didn't work out and that uh, he fired Alan Dulles over it so it it's a thing that is easy to uh, process it's a thing that's easy to say but we don't actually have any concrete proof that it was something Kennedy actually said. He probably did voice some frustration about the CIA to somebody at that time because I'm sure he was furious about what happened, but that exact quote um said that way there's not a lot of uh evidence to support that it happened. So I just think that that is an important bit of context. Another thing that is really funny is the series Uh, They work really hard on making Kennedy more peaceful and more about uh, reaching detente with the communists than what was going on at the time, I believe. I mean, Kennedy was obviously speaking about peace and he was doing these things, but we'll get into the weeds more about where JFK actually stood on Vietnam and all that kind
1: of stuff. But no, if, if if JFK lived, we would have world peace and everything would be good.
2: Oh, Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. He was Mm -hmm. a visionary man that would have just transcended Mm -hmm. humanity and made everything ultimately better. But, uh, the no good CIA killed them because they love war and death and, and Moloch, all of these things. The CIA is pro Moloch. I agree. Yeah. Um, One thing that you'll never hear in any of these conspiracy theorists' uh, views is the missile gap. And the missile gap was something that Kennedy ran on in 1960, which was the idea that America wasn't pointing enough nuclear missiles at Russia and that the Soviet Union had too many nukes and could blow us up and we would not be able to blow them up effectively. So we needed more nukes to Uh, close the missile gap and you will not hear that because that's an incredibly hawkish thing to say so um and again there's a lot of hand-waving about that in the series about how the Kennedy that was on the campaign trail the Kennedy before the Bay of Pigs was a Cold War liberal but as the as he got into office and he saw the dangers of what was going on he became more and more um determined to forge peace between the two sides. And he did talk of peace a lot, but he also talked a lot about how we have to stay in Vietnam and how we have to make sure that we don't withdraw because if we show weakness to the communists, let Vietnam fall, that'd be bad.
1: Classic peace. Oh, I love that that kind of peace. The best (laughs) peace.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, So... But again, episode one, Reiner is building, he's he's planting seeds. These seeds will germinate probably a lot of them in episode two and on and on. And we're going to go through it as we do. But um, this episode about the assassination itself is very bare bones. It is very much just... A few things here and there, a few little, a few lines here and there. Another little thing that uh, met, was mentioned by Solidette O'Brien was she said that uh, at almost twelve thirty the motorcade rolled in the Daily Plaza. It was exactly twelve thirty. It was not. It was not twelve twenty nine. It was twelve thirty. There was a giant clock that showed twelve thirty when he was shot. Again, just nitpick detail thing, but this is supposed to be a very well-produced, well-run
1: podcast. This is the experts. Rob Reiner, you know, he made the bucket list. He made, you know, the prince. This is final tab. When when Harry Met Sally. You're supposed to trust this man.
2: Yeah, this man's supposed to be on top of things.
1: A lot of this episode is like, but do you really know who killed JFK? (laughs) That line, I think, is said repeatedly.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Now, uh, this is uh, one of the weirdest things in this episode, and this – I I was triggered by this, and it's just something that's really bizarre to me. I don't know who made this editorial choice. I don't know why the people who did this did this, but – they start playing audio of the events in Daily Plaza before the shooting. And it's all the standard stuff. Like here's the president landing in Daily Plaza with his beautiful wife, Jackie and blah, blah, blah. And Oh look, the president's in his limo and now he's heading to the trademark and everyone's cheering. And we're all so happy to see him. And it's just the happy, the president's in town. Everyone's glad to see him kind of stuff. And They then get to this uh, radio report by a radio broadcast by a guy. And I've heard this radio broadcast a million times because I'm a brain poisoned person. And this is the radio broadcast. I'm I'm, I'm like a complete dum dum. I didn't put this to my soundboard, but I have this on my phone. So I'm just going to play this because this is the audio of this guy's reaction to basically seeing the assassination happen in real time. But he doesn't know it because he's kind of at a distance. So he's not picking it up.
0: Trademark. I was on Simmons Freeway earlier, and even the freeway was jam-packed with spectators waiting their chance to see the president as he made his way towards the trademark. It, it, it appears as though something has happened in the Motorcade route. Something I repeat has happened in the Motorcade route. The- so,
2: so that's the actual audio. That is what was said on the radio when this happened, or this is the broadcast. So. Like, this is what I've heard so many times from people when they talk about the Kennedy assassination and, um, like the 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 quote unquote as it happened sort of like uh, broadcasts. So, um, they start playing those things, and this is what happens when they play this clip on the Who Killed Kennedy podcast. This car
0: is now turning on to Elm Street. And- It appears as though something has happened in the motorcade route. Something, I repeat, has
2: happened in the motorcade route. So you just have them edit out like 20-odd seconds of that audio, and they just cut from the president's car has turned onto Elm Street to immediately going to, it appears as though something has happened in the motorcade route. It's so bizarre that they decided that the Kennedy assassination needed punch-up. That they were like, the actual audio just wasn't good enough at conveying the horror of what happened. And they just had to edit out all the things the guy said before it got to him realizing that there had been something terrible taking place. And Well, if you left
1: in those 20 seconds, you wouldn't get another funky beat, you know? <laughs> you wouldn't get another funky beat. You wouldn't get another ad plug. You wouldn't, you know, <laughs> Dude, there were so many ads. I was like, is this, is this for real? Is this for real?
2: There's a, there are a lot of ads in this plot. <laughs> a lot of ads, a lot of ads, solid ad and Rob Reiner need to make some money. Apparently I mean, it is, <laughs> it is wild. How many, how many ad breaks there are in this thing, but yeah. So it is just so strange that they were just, they, they got this audio and they were like, yeah, I take out all the parts that have context because we don't need context. We know he's getting killed on Elm street. So screw it. Just, just go straight to the murder, straight murder. Don't don't have this guy talk about free, uh all the people on the on the freeway, uh, the freeway, and all that good stuff, and all, how happy everybody is. Just straight to the guy panicking and freaking out that something terrible has happened, which was just really bizarre. I just I don't understand why they did that because it it's one of those things where when you start editing audio in that way. It makes it so people might suspect you're doing other duplicious stuff with the stuff you're editing. I just don't get it. I just truly don't understand why they did that. It was very strange. It was a very strange editorial decision that they made to just crop that audio to get the soundbite they were looking for. If you're going to do that, just go directly to the, it appears something has happened. You don't even have to have the guy talk about the president's car turning on Elm Street. It's just strange. It was just very strange. So that's pretty much, I think, covers this episode. I feel like, because again, they're they're just planting seeds. They're just starting to build their narrative
1: here and they're just laying groundwork. So at this point in the story. Uh, this episode is a commercial for the podcast wrapped with a bunch of other commercials.
2: Yes. This, this episode. <laughs> This is episode one. If you enjoyed, if you, if episode one has actually like gained your attention to the point where you want to actually start hearing the real podcast, we'll get into that. Because for now, we're just going to tell about, talk about how Rob Reiner was very traumatized when he was 16 years old and found out that Kennedy had been murdered. And then three years later, he was pilled by a Canadian comedian who wouldn't tell jokes and just complained about the Warren Commission a lot. And Soledad O'Brien is just going to nod and go along with it. She's just going to let Rob tell his story and that's that's just the way this works. And they're not going to tell you about the time stamped uh, Wells Fargo or Wells Western Union or wherever. They're not going to tell you about the time stamp on the money transfer. They're not going to tell you about Oswald bringing a package to work when he broke his schedule uh and all that stuff. They're not going to tell you about those things. They're just going to tell you this conspiracy based the cia did it kind of thing it's it's wild it's really interesting that in the year of our lord 2023 we're still getting basically the movie oliver stones jfk but in podcast form <laughs> did you enjoy jfk the movie how about a 10 episode podcast series about it cuz that's what you're getting boy howdy again i wouldn't have cared but apparently this is the hottest thing in america right it now it was
1: too much for him it was too much no
2: i just just because if you've listened to the clips of the kelsey brothers podcast they're hilarious it's a great pod that pod should not be neck and neck with the cia killed kennedy
1: where's hell world on that top 10 you know Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh a distant ten millionth. Oh man i I Although we should probably uh edit our thumbnail to just be the thumbnail for this part pod- of their podcast, but just with the word Oswald next to who killed Kennedy, can we just write the word, scrawl the word Oswald in?
1: That would be funny. That is good. Yeah. That's good. It's
2: like who killed Kennedy? Lee Harvey Oswald. Boom, nailed it. It's time mm-hmm. to go home, everybody. No <laughs> months, no fuss. So um our plan going this week we had uh, like scheduling crises. And so that's why we didn't record the regular weekly pod. The plan going forward is to record the regular weekly pod and then to do this one on top of it to, uh, cause I was, I, I was going to do this in, uh, after all 10 episodes came out, but it just got to a point where I'm like, no, the, it's not going to be nearly as impactful. It's not going to matter nearly as much because right now this thing's in the zeitgeist and it's ridiculous. Someone needs to speak against it because, I really, I just really hate JFK conspiracy theories because they're so normalized and they're so mainstream that it's basically this kind of thing where if you don't, believe in conspiracy theories about the Kennedy assassination. You're the odd duck. You're the weird. You think Oswald did it? (laughs) Oh, boy. Get a load of this guy. (laughs) The magic bullet. Are you kidding me? I mean, and we're going to get into all that. We're going to get into that stuff. Because you know who didn't get into it in episode one? Rob Reiner and Solid O'Brien. We barely talked about the assassination. I mean, we talked about Ruby shooting Oswald, and that was like four minutes, if that. So... So, yeah, we're going to get into the weeds on this thing. We're going to talk more about it. We're going to cover all of
1: it. Um,
2: Haley's going to push back on me more than Solidad pushes back on Rob Reiner. I promise. Oh, yeah, for
1: sure. I'm total expert with the ability to push back.
2: <laughs> well, you will, I'm well, just you kidding. Well, the thing, the difference, I, the thing is, I think you could ask me, Mike, how do you know that? Or, Mike, what is your source for that? Things Soledad O'Brien apparently cannot say to Rob Reiner. An absolute impossibility on her behalf. On her half, On her half, On her behalf. Words. Good words. words. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, having said all of that, um, we only have me as the excellent remixer of our hilarious intro now to talk about for credits. Also, Haley, thank you for doing this nonsense with me. I appreciate Anytime. you. Uh, if <laughs> you want to uh, give me money, go to patreon.com slash poker politics. Help me out. Uh, help me battle against my new mortal enemies, Rob Reiner and Soledad O'Brien. Didn't think that was coming, but here we are. So yes. So uh, next week, regular Hell World and episode two of Who Killed Kennedy? Lee Harvey Oswald. That's who.
1: That's who I hear home. Q's coming back.
2: Oh yeah, oh next week's next week's ninety minutes of the of Hell World is going to be a tight ninety because we're going to have <laughs> a lot to cover.
1: <laughs> Good thing it's the holiday.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hopefully there'll be no more news. Hopefully Elon won't start actually posting Q drops. <laughs>
1: <sighs> okay. We're so, thankful uh, for you, listeners.
2: Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank all, Thanks for listening to all this nonsense. And we will see you all for both episodes next week. Good speed, patriots.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more